0: The audience that we have is like construction companies, uh, property restoration, and insurance people. And so, um, not necessarily dwelling on that spot, but um, it brought up when you were talking about it. Um, and I pitched it to a couple of groups that I'm a part of. I've been in the meetings where, you know, the owner brings in the guy that's his friend that does uh, uh-huh. promises they're not going to sell anything, right? And then they yeah. just go uh-huh. right into hard selling and, you know, messing with everybody
1: oh that's painful
0: (laughs) (laughs) it happened to my daughter recently too and and, uh, the guy's like uh, hey I noticed you didn't fill out the paper and she's like yep (laughs) so um, wow (laughs) and then I've been in companies where somebody on the team thinks they're you know um, pretty savvy right or maybe uh, that Dave Mm -hmm. Ramsey's been popular or somebody's did a course somewhere and so they want to teach it themselves and that's Almost equally as painful, right? <laughs> Terrell. Uh, I I, it's not, I was practicing last night. Terrell, Terrell right? Terrell Ski, Ski, Davis. Yeah. Yep. Terrell Davis, Platoon 720, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Business and Credit Solutions. Okay. You ready to roll? Mm hmm. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the infotainment freak show is about to begin. You are entering the, the JoJo Podcast! JoJo Podcast. Podcast is hosted by John Isaacson. We will inform you as we entertain you and help you shorten your dang learning curve for professional development. I'm always excited to share people that I've met, you know, um, personally. And Turelski is someone I met a couple years ago at a a Tacoma Chamber of Commerce event. Um, He lights up a room, super positive, um, just brings a depth of knowledge and experience, but is um, very uh, humble in his approach and very very personable. And so one of the things he talks about is um, in his Pursuit of professional development, he sought out a mentor and then now, you know, pay that forward to mentor other people, especially in the area of finance as it relates to realizing your whole vision. And so, um, one of the things he says is you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. And <clears throat> so, that was I, I, uh, something that will release just after this episode drops on a Monday, on a Thursday. We'll drop an episode about the idea um, common sense isn't common anymore, and kind of breaking that down a little bit, and so, and how that applies to your business, and is a bit nonsensical of a statement. So, but it, even in positions of leadership, sometimes we say stuff and we don't even think about what it means or what it's actually revealing, right? Like bad feedback from clients. We talked about that with Michelle Blevins with social media a lot of people are scared of feedback because well, what if they say something negative well that could be an opportunity for them telling you something that needs to be fixed in your organization that's good feedback if you notice something something someone does on your team makes you upset you know to the point where you're saying common sense isn't common anymore um, maybe that's a moment to freeze take a step back i remember i had a manager at woody's I got the shirt there in the back in Moses Lake, Washington. If you're ever passing through Great Burgers, but Sharon talked about when she was parenting, instead of sending her kids a timeout, if her steam level was high, she would put herself in timeout. And um, by the time I knew her, she was a very patient person and um, had a good way with people. But that idea sometimes, as leaders, we're just uh, 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 gotta fix it, you know, gotta correct it. And sometimes it's like take a step back and think about what you're saying, think about what it's revealing, and and maybe it's actually showing some opportunities to, um, like Clark Brown of Alliance of Independence Restorers says, we either coach them up or coach them out. And he's talking about that at the business level, but it's the same, you have that approach with employees, right? We wanna coach them up and give them every opportunity to succeed. And if for some reason, after we've been clear, consistent and accountable, Um, If that's not working, then we've got to maybe coach them out. But uh, make sure you have exhausted your resources to coach them up first.
1: Oh, no! Um,
0: There's just, we have this unique opportunity as managers to, and and really um, help people with their, potentially with their finances, understand how to make more money. I mean, that's a critical part of helping people develop in your organization is not just, hey, you want to make more money. This is how we do that. And then thinking through some of the communication of how we say that, like, you know, people go, well, this is the opportunity I took and this is how I took it. And not everybody, like we're talking about in the, um, you know, common sense isn't common anymore, is not everybody grew up the way you grew up, had the examples that you had, had the opportunities you had. And a big thing, I think, that's really, like, popping in my mind right is like the lessons I know you know over my 18 years in the industry it's not because I'm smarter than anybody that I can share these things with somebody it's because I've had trial and error I've failed I've failed enough times to know you know this is what worked for me and this is what didn't work and this is why that doesn't mean it wouldn't work for you but hey here's some perspective right so too often we get and you see this a lot in our forums where people are just like beating each other up for people that are learning along the way. So if someone's genuinely trying and learning, you know that's a different approach. If they're hardworking, honest, and willing to learn, right? Um, as opposed to somebody that's being stubborn and um, not willing to uh, learn or or be coachable, those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, as it uh, relates to employees, that's important too. So. My thought in bringing Torelski on was talking about how managers can provide additional value in their organizations, you know, communicating about financials, those kinds of things. But we talk a lot too about how small business people that are great technicians go into business and don't necessarily understand the business side of things. That's a lot of what we talk about too on Pro vs. Joe. And they get themselves into a lot of trouble. Um, And again, not that those of us who have reached some level of success are smarter. It's just we've learned the lessons, right? So that's what I hope at the DOJO podcast is we bring people around that are helping you shorten your dang learning curve. So rather than having to make all the mistakes yourself, you have an outlet of people that will share with you what they've learned so that you can shorten your learning curve, reduce, you know, the mistakes that you make. Uh, on your own, and you're not alone. You know, there's a, there's a great community of people out there.
2: Every time I
1: get a fro-yo, I get a new card. Yeah, Carlito, that's just being cavalier with your finances instead of collecting your free dessert. I mm-hmm. mean, that's not local. That's just like financially irresponsible.
0: So our guest, Torelski Davis, president at Platoon 720, is a senior credit instructor, business educator, and virtual staff slash student trainer Veteran, business owner, and entrepreneur who specializes in assisting first-time homebuyers, veterans, and entrepreneurs secure approvals and lending when they need it the most. So as the founder and owner of Platoon 720 LLC, my vision is to ignite movement and create a culture where former and active military members could find clarity on launching their businesses on a shoestring budget, while building both business and personal credit. Additionally, we assist entrepreneurs, employees, and those of our civilian community in becoming profitable by discovering overlooked cash flow strategies that are missed by 80% of those who own and operate a business. So, um, this is like a master, talk about masterclass, right? This is a free one. Um, We should set up a Patreon where you can donate. Uh, My book is out, so if you wanna contribute that way, wink 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 i started setting up a store for the dojo podcast where you can order shirts and those kinds of things um but uh, be intentional estimating is out there don't know if no, you heard of it but it's written by me <laughs> okay um again all resources that we're, we're trying to inform and entertain help you shorten your dang learning curve let's get to it ladies and gentlemen we're here with uh Relsky Davis platoon 720 business and credit solutions Um, this is our second attempt at uh, we've been having some technical difficulties with the internet it's not uh, on my end playing very well but um, so you do business and credit solutions um, helping people both build and repair credit Uh, but that's I guess you have an interesting story. You went through the military, and and then um, when we met here in Tacoma, um, you were starting up the business. So you want to share with everybody kind of how you got into? Is that what you set out to do in life? You growing up, you're like, I really want to be in um, credit solutions.
1: Georgia, you didn't see. We actually grew up in the government, so my mom uh, was on food stamps, so. I was able to just kind of understand the basics of money just watching that concept and um, go through school and watch how uh, life kind of evolved uh, during the times of growing up but after I knew after graduating high school I knew I needed to go and go as as they would tell us go and see the world and my main intent was to go out make some money um, go to college and you know start a family and just live the dream and so active duty was the career of choice and as i was navigating through active duty um, i had to file bankruptcy at after three years of being in because of useless spending i was married and uh, my wife at the time didn't know much about money either all she know is that long as we were military there was a lot of perks there was a lot of uh, easy approvals and things like that and we just took advantage of it but we did not count uh, our funds much we did not do a budget we did not Um, even watch our credit scores, it it was just by chance, whether you're gonna get approved or not, we're just gonna shoot our shot, right? And so as we was going, um, and I filed bankruptcy only because we began to have more money than money. That was my only way out. Uh, We had two cars and they both was well over 12% interest from being able to do anything, doing that season of our life. And not only that, I experienced divorce. So during that divorce, those uh, responsibilities were all on me because I was the primary, sci- um, the primary account holder of those accounts. Um, so now I was able to learn a lesson and I knew that I would someday be able to turn around and teach this to other young adults and other families and veterans as to um, how this thing really works to prevent them from falling in the hole or the trap Uh, of 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 going through bank and having a 421 credit score i did not want anybody to go through that mental stress and setbacks so upon um transitioning from the military i knew that i was going to get into financial space but i didn't know i was going to be directly uh, involved with credit repair restoring and restoration but as i began to do research and see so many military families and single families and even entrepreneurs Begin to get denied for loans and home loans, and they have been renting and they have a dream, but they didn't have a strategy. So I set out to um, get some accreditation and get some certification works and um, the meaning behind why scores drop and why so many families have less than perfect credit. And so upon uh, getting those certifications, I decided to go ahead and launch my business here in the Tacoma area, about two years ago, and since then, we've helped over 100 families um, get approved for things that they need the most. Uh, from it. so, from something as small as a, a piece of appliance uh, from a local uh, finance store, uh, from a from, from a local appliance store, or you know, uh, refinancing their car and getting approved for home loans.
0: Yeah. Why do I want this? Yeah. Cause I want to make bank, bro. I want to drive a Range Rover. Our first attempt at this conversation was not supported by technology and there was so many just uh, great nuggets from that conversation. It included Corbett Mosley. He's senior consultant for Mosley Consulting and also the deputy director of programs for asset development and care management for the Metropolitan Development Council here in Tacoma, Washington. So I'm trying to salvage as much of the information from that um interview as well discussion uh and kind of uh, pepper them into this conversation. So when you see those snips, those include include Corbett and so here's him kind of introducing himself as well.
2: Um so Corbett Mosley, I am um Deputy Program Director, um long-time community member here in Tacoma um issues. My over the last maybe ten or fifteen years, I've been involved in workforce development, education, employment, and um, um, some housing and education—not K twelve, adult education. Um, and, and so, the, the the question that I that I think that you're raising around how basically how do we help people become financially stable um, that are um, of so safety net services or our support our social networks I, I guess to, to really be able to it's it's hard to kind of yeah. take that first yeah. step in the ladder um, and so that's what I think that you're kind of you're kind of getting at. Um you know my my background just to kind of share a little bit um, is you know I have three boys had kids early my boys are 17 16 and 14 right now uh, I You know, I I didn't do the traditional path of of getting into going to college or getting into a career. I kind of waffled a little bit when I had my first son, dropped out of school, um, got into trouble, um, and it's been a long kind of path forward to get to where I am today in a senior level position, Uh, and a lot of learning along the way about how I think. Um, What helps people get there? Um, Yeah, some people Be successful and some people, you know, fall off that the social networks and the support systems are Just as important pieces of it Um, Even if that's not that not the case you have to leave some doors open for people to kind of get re-engaged I work a lot with people the institutions and thinking about what their first step might be, that they can either go, go take a step forward or um, at all.
0: Yeah. Now, as far as you going in the military, had you had family that had been in the military, or what uh, kind of led you down that road to uh, choose the military? Well, something about being raised
1: in the country, I always heard, you know, join the military. We had a few family members that were in, but none never retired. They just, you know, did a couple years National Guard or Reserve. But the ones that did go after duty, we never heard from them again. They never came back and told us the big story. So all I knew is that I was going to give it a chance to allow my daughter to be able to see something totally different than the way we were raised um, in order for them to have better options than I had.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can remember when my daughter was born as well, that was, I felt like I was always a hard worker, but uh, as soon as my wife told me that she was pregnant, it was like, oh, that's, it's going into a different gear, right? It puts a whole new uh, perspective on life. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, Absolutely. Do you feel like, I mean, I I think this is across the board for most employers, um, like we were talking about offline, like financial education is not something most employers are comfortable with did the military do much as far as like um, presenting people with options for financial education or understanding you know how to make your money stretch and work
1: for you absolutely Um, the army the military all branches. Have amazing resources um, right. for soldier members and their families as to how to budget, um, how to read a credit report, how to manage the finances and things like that. But unfortunately, as soldiers and even as leaders, uh, we rather go to outside resources or live private lives and make private decisions yeah. um, in order for others, we call it not to be in our business, right? right. And oftentimes, when it comes to finances, we will raise our hand and ask for help when it's too late yeah. so that that tends to be a cycle so even though we go through classes and we go through courses even when you're transitioning and going from one duty station to the next it is a requirement for families to go through um financial resources in order to understand where they're at and then they have access to zero percent loan uh zero zero percent interest loans that they give they give grants as well to help families but again as adults, Oftentimes, due to the embarrassment of not knowing, we rather just take unnecessary risks and keep others out of our business, because out of our business is one of those things that I think all adults learn growing up that you keep other people out of your business, and sometimes it's very costly when doing that.
0: Yeah, even in a a situation like the military where it's better than most, I suppose, that kind of Mm -hmm. creating a sense of community and you know um contributing to the team right so the resources are there but um so so you started you were exposed to it you'd say in the military as far as like some of the financial education that kind of stuff but what was it for you that kind of clicked the light bulb on like hey this is something i really need to pay attention and be better at
1: i'm not gonna give you a light i'm gonna show you the light I think it's is mainly the pain of the bankruptcy. Yeah. The pain of the bankruptcy, right? Um, because when now you are locked in and you cannot we have helicopters flattered out. Yeah. You can you cannot just go out and get approved because a bankruptcy is public records and now it's on there. And yeah. now you look back and I started to remember All of the sessions that were available, all the resources that were available, that all I really had to do was set an appointment and allow someone else from the outside. Because I have a mentor that always say, "You can't see the picture when you're inside the frame." Yeah, yeah. And so if I would have just got someone outside of the frame to look inside, I could have developed a strategy to where I could have, you know, got these things fixed. And and Jacob, it was not so much. um, I mean, John, I'm sorry. It was not so much. the financial literacy part is that I didn't know how credit worked. I understood. I knew, I I knew that was a score, but I didn't know the factors of what contributed to that score. And most families even then the way I thought was just pay your bills on time and you'll be fine. We were paying our bills on time, but we were overextended Mm. as it relates to income versus debt.
0: Okay. So maybe let's, uh, if we could, let's break that down a little bit. uh, What are some of those um, key factors or, I always like to phrase it in like, what are like three simple do's and three simple don'ts or something like that where, Um, If somebody's listening and they're like, wait, what was that again? Somebody's taking, I'm taking notes. While you're grabbing another notebook to take more notes from this excellent episode of the Dojo podcast, you're going to want to take note of this product. We can see this golfer does not appear to be a successful person as so he checks his fanny pack. What is he even hitting? A rubber ducky? This person doesn't know how to estimate. It's not an email. What? Oh, that's <laughs> despicable. That's disgusting. This person needs to read a book. What book does it need to read? <laughs> My book is finally out. It's in Kindle format and in paperback. <laughs> <laughs> this person on the other hand knows the habits and the mindset that it takes to be successful in estimating property insurance claims because they've read be intentional, intentional estimating. estimating look at that posture look at that swing oh home God. run ladies and gentlemen home run nice be intentional estimating be intentional. Developing the right mindset and habits for yourself and your team to succeed with estimating property insurance claims. Boom! That's a mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so on a normal, on a normal, uh, on a normal scale with FICO scores, um, we always go off. I always lead with the pie chart, right? Because. The score is broken down into five different parts and we'll just go with the top three major parts how about that um top three major parts of this five piece pie uh it consists of uh the 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 550 credit points that we can control and the reason i say 550 is because your average fico scores is going from 300 to 850. so that's 550 points that we have there that we as individual and families can control, right? So that top piece, the most important piece, is payment history, that equates to up to 165, uh, well, up to 65 percent of your credit score. Wow. Up to 65 percent of credit score, which equates to about 192 points of that 550. So you're looking at 65 percent of your credit score, and about, um, uh, 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 uh I'm sorry, 192 points uh of that 550 and so we're looking at about i'm sorry 35 percent of that score got gotcha. 35 and about 192 points so that is paying your bills on time payment history good payment history paying your bills on time and the crazy thing about it is you know by my, me myself having an above 700 credit score if i have one late payment today it can drop my score by 90 points on average, mm-hmm. 80 to 90 points, versus someone else with a 550-point um, credit score, they're only going to drop by 15 points, 10, 15 mm-hmm. points, because it's, more ba- it's based off behavior. If they are, uh, uh, they almost become immune to that system of being late to the point where it only gives them a 5 to 10-point drop, 15-point drop. But for someone who have been consistent all of their lives or they watch their history real good, then it's designed to drop me by 90 points to put me in a place where they can make more money off of me, investors and banks and, and loans. Oh. 90 <laughs> points. And it'll take somewhere yeah. about nine to twelve months to recover. Yeah. So we're looking at 35% of your of your average of your overall score is payment history. 30% of it is utilization, credit utilization and that that comes in where let's just keep it simple if you have a credit card uh with a five thousand dollar credit limit then we talk talking about utilization if that card is maxed out a person can potentially be missing out on about 165 points of that of that 550. so there are, there are people that come to me there are families that come to me um john and i just had one recently and the points were about a low 600 and they thought that they needed credit repair they thought that they had bad credit but they they like as i said their payment history was really good they got the average 192 points that's why if you look at 300 plus 192 plus the other areas they're right there in the ballpark of about 600 some points but they had utilized their entire uh limits on all of their cards except for just a small percentage of it. So they were missing out on about 165 points. So the the guidance I gave them, if you pay these limits down to below 10% on all cars, then you'll be back at about 740. So they can easily go from a low 600 to about 740 by paying those limits down because of utilization.
0: Below 10% of the max or 10% of the total? 10%
1: of the total. Okay, turn it on. Okay. So total and max is about the same So what we're looking at, if it's $5,000 card, I always say, go down to about 500. Let's go down to about 500. Oh. Now the industry average says 30%, the in- industry average. I tell families, as I'm a behavior instructor, when it comes to credit, I tell parents to go down to 10% because if you tell them 30%, they're going to use 50. <laughs> but if I tell them 10%, they'll fall right into the 30% range. I, it, it just happens like that. So time I tell 10%, the next time I follow up, we're right in the 30% range.
2: <laughs> so it's all,
1: about, it's all about having a balanced credit portfolio. That's yeah. what it's, that it's all about having a, a balanced credit portfolio. Mm-hmm. Those are your Jedi tricks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and so the other 15%, yeah, you say top three. So we're going to do top three, payment history, utilization, and then the next one is going to be history, meaning age, the age of credit. So it's there nice. are those who say, Terrell, man, I just closed out, you know, one of my accounts um, because I don't use that card no more. It's but the that card boy. was yeah. 10 years. That's 10 years. That's a good card. He closed <laughs> it. So now we're going to lose. We're going, yeah. to, lose. We're going to lose out on that, on that good history. The age may stay, but then I have someone who makes the mistake of they go to a credit repair agent who's not really knowledgeable when it comes to credit. They just want to get deletions. Yeah. And they delete an account that's 15 years old.
0: Just, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: now we about to lose a whole. We about to lose a whole lot of points because that's fifteen percent, which is about eighty-two points that we're gonna be we're gonna be playing with there. So you have to be have to go to someone who is leading with value and education and not with the sale. Yeah, and, and I believe that's what allows me to contribute so much back to our communities. because, yeah. I lead from a place of experience, and I lead from a mentality of increasing education and behaviors that's going to change the entire family. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in a pr- prior conversation
0: we had, um, we were talking about how in construction, you know, it can be seasonal, right? Here's a brief clip from that earlier conversation.
2: And I, and this is. Um, why it's, it's always somebody that with a financial background in these conversations is that yep. uh, it's really about, um, when we think about financial stability for individuals, what we're really trying to do is help them like, increase their income, increase their debt, and improve their credit score. Um, the combination of all three of those things is the, is the magic, um, and they reinforce each other. So yep. um I we've seen and there's data that supports this even when we get people jobs um, um as their income increases so does debt so does their expenses yeah. and so when they don't keep those things balanced uh it, you know uh, at, at initially then then people fall off there is a combination of like thinking about the financial picture Where folks are at and having that kind of conversation early on, because people get excited, and what we have now is a complexity of COVID, um, where people are trying to manage and and think about you know what the future looks like. There's a lot of people that are unemployed and laid off right now, um, and making different decisions, and they and they they have to. We trying to kind of right size and do some minimum kind of service requirements um at at the at the level to keep our staffing costs down so that we can be stable so we're not losing money as an organization is really tough to do while trying to attract and retain talent. So I'm trying to try to balance that conversation of wanting to help people move up. You
0: get uh in, in a lot of the work that we do, like in the summer, you know, say we're working in schools and things like that, guys are getting and gals are getting prevailing wage and i've always tried to communicate to our teams like when when we're in our busy season make sure try to live off of you know what you were making in the in the regular season right and and if you're getting prevailing wage and maybe that's Mm -hmm. double or triple what you normally make try to set as much of that aside as possible um is that um I guess say say people come into a little bit of extra money. What's some of the best things and some of the worst things they can do with a little bit of extra money? Say we're talking another, you know, five hundred to maybe twenty five hundred dollars, <laughs> right? One hundred billion dollars. Yeah, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's what's probably one of the best things you can do with that and one of the worst things you can do with that?
1: Well, I would say the best thing to do with that is from a, just say from a position of barely making in or just trying to make sure the family is good. Um, If you don't have an emergency fund, definitely put that aside as a quick emergency fund, something that's going to give you a cushion to kind of give you time to buy while making a decision to find a job. Um, To say that from a credit perspective, then I would say, let's figure out how we can leverage this credit, right? For example, I have someone that, Uh, let's just say they have a comfortable credit score, we may say, let's look at this. Hey, let's consider paying this Navy Federal card down a bit, right? Let's get down that 10%. And then we're going to ask Navy Fed to give us a credit limit increase. Right. So so let's just say they had a $2,000 card, and it was $18,000 being used. And you know, they only got about $200 available. Well, let's pay that down as Navy Fed, Increase, they're probably gonna increase it to about five thousand dollars. Now, you just took that 500 to a thousand, now you have five thousand dollars worth of available credit. In case a thunderstorm comes of life, yeah, you at least have a card that I would even sometimes, in case of emergency, I would have them go and you know spend three thousand dollars on that card. But especially if you're an entrepreneur, then now I can give you guidance as far as how can we get a good return on this investment. By buying some supplies by buying some resources where you can expand you know even go into other products of your business um, and maybe you can just use that as a temporary emergency fund because normally you will take $500 but that's all you got that's enough for you know some grocery and gas for this month but what if we leverage that to where we were able to get an extension on that um, credit limit right oh yeah Navy fed what's that's gonna do John is, is give them that cushion for the emergency fund but not only that their credit score is going to increase right because you have that, that utilization now and it's really making you look good so watch this so now i would say okay hey let's call your insurance company and let's let's see if they give a better rate right. maybe we could save 20 dollars 30 dollars a month on that premium right um, okay so so let's look at your car oh uh, yeah we got this car last year at 12.9 Let's see if Navy Fed or another company would buy it at a Mm 3.9. Now we're going from 500 a month to about 300 a month. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Now Okay, now we we got that. So now let's let's look at, since that card is doing so well, how about putting your, your spouse and your teenager on that card as an authorized user? So now your wife and your child inherits a good credit score because we just made some moves to leverage credit, not to be afraid of it. Yeah. That's, that's, I never talked about that one before. That's good, John. You, John, that was something, that was good right there, John. That was good. <laughs>
0: well, well, yeah, that was like five or six things just from a, a small <laughs> pocket of money. You know? yeah. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. I am coming to you once again to ask for your socks (laughs) uh you know um these i i think you can see this is the content specialist um branded socks and this week i had the opportunity to be with um alliance of independent restorers is uh you know, relaunching the Washington chapter. And so Clark Brown came out from Virginia and we had a group of contractors uh, that got together. And during the course of that meeting, uh, we had a little break and um, team captain for the content specialist sock timber, sock raising all-star team, the content specialist washington Lindsay wards their team captain you can see uh her info on our webpage the dojo podcast.com forward slash sock timber uh so here, here's a little clip of, of uh what went on during that whole uh that whole transaction oh hey mike Lindsay. hey how's going P- good You're pretty good, good. Yeah, we're raising socks for Timber, I'm sure you've heard of it. Oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to contribute to that. I got a pair of content specialist socks for you. Dang, those yeah. are branded and, everything? Yeah. <laughs> and everything, everything, everything. No. No. She doesn't want the people to have socks. What? 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 What What just happened? What just happened? Yeah, pretty friggin' intense, uh, if you ask me. I was scared for my life. And so, you know, uh, around here, we don't just do things part ways, okay? I was, you know, maybe scared for my life after I left there, but I just wanted to clarify What we are looking for is new, not gently used, not clean out your sock drawer, but new. Socks for kids, men, women, people with feet, anyone that has feet. If you can find socks, we want to distribute them. This is a great opportunity. I also had the opportunity to meet with Jason and Mary Sturgeon from Arcade Wayfinding. They're supporting, contemplating whether they're going to lead a team, but they had a great idea to help with the safe distancing um, that uh, individual teams could set up uh, Amazon wish list. So, we're working on that, uh, the 24th is when um, we want to have the team rosters put together and then it'll sh- uh, start uh, that first Monday, I think it's the 31st, that starts for September. The whole month of September, we're raising socks. And uh, you can see we reached out to several missions. The Denver mission uh, gave us some feedback on how important socks are to them. Uh, so take a look at the website. Thank you for your support. Reach out, uh, either start a team, support us, donate, share the hashtag Soctember. Thank you so much for everyone that's already come aboard. Oh, that's yeah. When you mentioned it. So, um, I know when I got my first credit card, I swore, you know, I'm not going to max this puppy out. Um, I'd always heard 50%. So keep it below 50%. And, um, you know, you you get to a point. So your first card is what five hundred, a thousand dollars. You know, depending on where you're at, right? And mm-hmm. you know, within no time mm-hmm. at all, that thing's maxed out. <laughs> and so, and then yeah. like you talked about, then you know the washing machine goes out. So you're at uh, one of the stores that are less than um, you know desirable. You know, you're getting you know what you know yes, a twenty percent <laughs> interest rate on a washer and dryer that you're going to pay yeah. four times for, right? And so, but you're out of options mm-hmm. because, you know, you didn't do some simple things. Um, I guess one question that I posed to you kind of offline was I've been a part of, you know, various companies and it, it, it seems like it plays out in three scenarios when a manager or a business owner wants to try to help their people, right? And so, mm-hmm. so they either they've got the friend that's a financial services provider, and they swear he he or she is not going to sell. This isn't a sales pitch. They're just going to come in and share their expertise, right? And and everyone knows, you know, has been in that meeting. They come in and it's just boom, boom, boom. You know, it's hard sell, hard sell, hard sell. Mm-hmm. They want everybody on their list, and um, <laughs> it's just really painful, right? So that's option one. Mm-hmm. Option two is somebody in the company. You know, maybe they took, uh, I can think of a company I was a part of, they took a Dave Ramsey course at their church or something like that. And so now now they're the financial mm-hmm. professional or um, this guy does good with investments, so he could probably advise everybody, right? And then, mm-hmm. and that's really painful too, because um, the same thing doesn't work for everybody. And then the, the third option is the, uh, they're just, you know, owners are too scared. I can remember a manager I worked with that just felt like, it would just lead to lawsuits if we gave people bad advice or something like that. Mm -hmm. What is your experience? I guess two parts. What are some simple things that owners and managers can do to help their people better understand how to use their money? Mm -hmm. And then as a follow-up to that would be, what are some of the things people can look for, you know, when they're looking to either consult with somebody either as an individual or as a manager to bring somebody in? What are some of the, the key things that set
1: someone like yourself apart as somebody credible? You know, I, w- I will say one, one, one of the best things that a leader can do or a manager can do is pay attention to the vision, huh. mission, and values of that company that they're looking to bring in as an expert. Because a lot of time, that vision becomes a guide for the way that company does business, right? Um, and then do a interview, do a, um, a quick call to let them know what are the needs of the company, what it is that they're expecting to get from them. Because oftentimes there are those who, they just automatically assume that if I go into a company and I speak in that company, I'm speaking to 50 employees, they start seeing dollar signs yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. they
1: will lead with dollar signs.
0: Sure, Where
1: sure. when you have a company like mine, um, whose mission is literally um, to help increase the buying power of first-time homebuyers entrepreneurs your everyday worker um and also single parents like that's where my heart is at for the most part and so because that's our, that's my mission then I'm going to lead with value lead with value lead with value lead with value you know I sat with um Gary V uh, about four years ago and that was one of the things he talked about he was just releasing the book jab 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 right hook and that's what he talked about He talked about leading with jab, 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 right hook, value, 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 make the sale. Because people, if people don't know you, especially in the financial industry, if they don't know, like, and trust you, you have to build that factor first. And the trust factor always comes from a place of education, a place of passion, a place of understanding and being able to relate where you are, Right. Uh, and so when they bring them in, they have to, you know, talk to them and let them know, here are our expectations. If they say they're not going to sell, then they should not be leading, uh, leading, leading with the sale. I lead with education because I believe that our everyday nine to five workers and corporate leaders alike should have an understanding of how credit works so that they can leverage it. And I say on and off duty. When I say on duty, that's that, and I've seen it like this, John, where that, the manager or the district leader wanted to promote John, for example. John's a hard worker, comes in, shows up on time, very good. But the requirements that is needed for him to get up into this district leadership position of finances being in order, maybe they're going to do a check, you know, and, and when, when an employee checks your credit, they're not looking at the score, they're looking at activity and risk. Mm. And so what happened if John is not taking care of his financial responsibilities? or he doesn't understand how credit works, then he can become a high risk and not be qualified for that position. Right. But if we're bringing in and we're bringing in this education to where we're giving them strategies and principles that they themselves can apply. Here's the thing in our industry, according to uh, the credit repair organizations act, and we have to inform those we are speaking to, or those we are seeking to to do services with that. You can do this on your own. That's federal law that the things that we teach, you can do this on your own. Not and that's me. what we lead with. And so that way it allows the consumer to make, it, make an educated decision on whether he wants to use the service. Mm. But here's some things that you can do to improve your own score. Here's some, here's some ways that you can dispute. You can call them. You can write them a letter and let them know that this is inaccurate and have these things corrected. You know, mm-hmm. someone who's leading with the sale is not going to lead that way they're going to put all of them, put them as an expert and say, You have to partner with me in right. order to get where you need to be. Me, I'm going to say, Here's three things, five things, seven things that you can do on your own to improve your credit situation.
0: Yeah. Our most recent um, episode of the Diojo podcast, we were talking about social media, and so many people are scared did somebody say a clip from an earlier episode michelle blevins
2: like when it comes to reviews and stuff like that i know that some people don't have facebook or whatever for those reasons like they're afraid of the bad reviews but bad reviews can be an opportunity to correct something and show the public like if there's a bad comment figure out a strategic way to post and reply, Um, you know, that can show that you really care about your customers and have maybe fixed the problem or whatever. And so, you know, don't look at bad reviews as necessarily bad.
0: The secret is all of us are trying to figure it out and experimenting, right? No one knows really what works.
2: yeah that's true there's some like tried and true things like always have an image and make sure that your post is updated and change it up so you're not always serious but other than that you're right we're always and it's always changing it changes daily
1: you
0: you have to adapt or else you're going to (laughs) you're going to die just like social media right you know you can have your fear and loathing and avoid it Can you think of some simple, maybe do's and don'ts for strategic branding?
2: (laughs) You'll get there. You'll get there. Um, You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. Talking
0: about social media and so many people are scared of social media, but that's, it's one of the ways people check you out anymore, right? They look to see, you know, Uh, What's your business page look like on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, and then, you know, what content you recently just posted something on LinkedIn about, you know, uh, ways that businesses can leverage their credit, right? You know, and uh, it's, it's interesting, the same principles apply, right? You've got to, I think that's what I see a lot of contractors say, someone's a good craftsman and they want to start a business you know, they go into business for themselves, but then they don't treat that business like it's an entity that also needs credit. It needs to be paid. It needs a cut of the action going. You know, so that's um, hard, you know, when someone's a really good, skilled craftsperson or technician at whatever field they're in, but maybe doesn't understand the business side of things, um, you know, and, and, and setting those mm-hmm. things up. So A lot of the same, would you say a lot of the same principles apply for business? You mentioned entrepreneurs. Is that
1: um, some of the same advice and pitfalls? Absolutely. Um, Because I believe that how you do anything is how you do everything. Hmm. And oftentimes, however it is that you are managing your personal finances, those habits and activities can also roll over the way you're going to run business. So yeah. therefore, if I'm not paying my creditors or if I'm finding ways to get around paying those I owe, then I'm going to go into business as a hustler, yeah. just trying to maximize profits right. without understanding that it's about relationships, healthy building, healthy relationships. And so I am launching a program called Ideas to Entity, right? Right. And that's going to help them um, lay that initial foundation to where their company and their business become credible at the initial onset Mm -hmm. and not have to reverse engineer and fix things, i.e. let's make sure we have a bank account because the age of your business start with the day you open up a bank account. Let's find not just your international banks, but let's go to local banks and build a relationship, let them know, that you are existing in the community. Let's find a business address, right? Let's find a business address. Because so I try to teach my clients, once you get that EIN, you have another child, just like a social security <laughs> That is your baby.
0: Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps
1: out the door. Yep. And I say this. Now let's raise this baby and if, if this baby starts making commitments, let's let this baby's word be bond, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let the baby's word be bond. Meaning if you're going to get into credit relationships or loans, then you're, 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 you're letting them know that I'm in this for the long run and I do have a plan to repay. And here is my profit strategy. Here yeah. is my financials. Um, I have a CPA. I have an attorney, you know, those types of things versus I'm going to be using Venmo and cash out for the rest of my life. No, you're not. You know, I tried to get them to have a vision and a plan for it. And so with that, most don't know that you have Dun & Bradstreet as the, uh, uh, the company that tracks your business credit score. Mm. Okay. Then Equifax business and Experian business they have a sector and a department that monitors the uh, the business credit as well and your Paydex score goes from zero to 100. Mm. So it's gonna start off low, but there are companies out there that I partner my clients with to help them build that credit score and their credibility through net 30, net 15 accounts. So that way they can build up to where, if the company is going to fold, because of revenue is low, then you have business credit that you can leverage. Hmm. And then guess what? When SBA comes around to bail out like they just did, right, with the SBA loans and EIDLs, then your company is credible and is in a position to qualify for these things. And so, yeah, the, and I love that question. It, it definitely spills right over and it goes hand in hand, John yeah yeah
0: well it's tricky i mean you know it's uh um one of our episodes we're talking to somebody every crisis brings opportunity. so there's plenty of opportunities to make business and there's plenty of opportunities to fail you know um um, but every every failure is an opportunity to learn you mentioned um uh, kind of in passing that uh early in your career you had a mentor um what uh what did that look like for you as far as bringing somebody in to mentor you was that as you were starting to think about business or was that um
1: prior to that well i was looking in the credit repair space um i sought out to see and i, and I always say this too for our business owners um uh, to always know your three top competitors, right your three competitors um uh, who are in your field and huh. I found one on social media because I knew I would do some advertising on social media. And uh, I saw that he had an event going on back in 2018. And I immediately, man, uh, flew out to Miami, spent, you know, I spent a couple thousand dollars to be there with them uh, for three days. And, and some of them were veterans that had actually worked with Equifax and worked at TransUnion. Um, and these guys were experts at some. I had one there who helped. Um, actually build the FICO score, right? And so I was able to pick their brains and ask the right questions because I knew that I wanted to be a credible business. So I literally believe that everybody needs a coach in life. Everybody needs a coach in life. And getting that coach was a, a helped me um, get around some obstacles and also prevent some failures that can be prevented Because I believe if you hear the testimonies of others and you can learn from others' mistake, then invest. That was a great investment for me because it helped me set up a system um, that was very integral, that was compliant, and that understood how to operate in whatever state that you're in, how to respect state laws and understand um, how to be a valuable company within your city. And one of them told me, when you get back to Tacoma, you need to become the mayor of the city. Hmm. And when they say mayor, not so much the mayor, in essence, as mayor Woodard it is, but the mayor in this field of right. credit restoration, the number one guy. And so I came back and I, I did a strategy where I looked at all my competitors within a 15-mile radius. I know exactly how they market. I know exactly who they serve. I know what they do. So it helped me build my company to where my lane is. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's something that's becoming clearer to me, um, even as the market fluctuates and gets, you know, trying to find your niche, right? Um, so many people want to be mm-hmm. really broad in what they offer and um, really where a lot of the value is and, and where some of the deeper profits are as if you can narrow in on a niche, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I like that. No, uh, that's one of our taglines: is shorten your dang learning curve, right? So that's uh, we we position we <laughs> like try that. to be entertaining but also informative. So we call it infotainment. So um, I think you fit I that bill, man. You're very personable, and uh, every time I've seen you in public, you uh, you know you light up a room. You're very magnanimous, you know, and, and personable. And uh, it's been a pleasure knowing you and then getting to know you a little better here with uh, some of these deeper dives
1: um absolutely I, mean, I
0: want to be mindful. there was a
1: question that that's a question that you posed i want to say this real quick and i'll be quick about it you asked me what was going on with the industry now doing COVID and have things yeah up and what are the families you know yeah. what how how business is going as far as how people are using credit right yeah um and, and, and I and i really love it because when they're sending news and things it's almost like this quarantining and these preventive measures that we have have now awoken their senses to say, let me position myself, my business and my family for future causes like this. And let me pivot as that trendy word is, let me pivot to where I'm positioned to own my first home after this. Let me pivot to make sure that my student loans are in a better shape after this. And so many families are taking advantage of that. We make sure we adjusted our prices to make sure that we are, we are very, very cost advantageous to those who need our service and not, you know, um, price, stay with our prices to the point where we're not showing that we understand what our families are going through and what our businesses are going through. So many are using our services to put themselves in a better position. To where now their student loans are going to be in good standing their score is going to be good and um, with the right realtors and loan officers that can help them navigate through the process of home ownership better so i'm excited about what's going on we're able to let them see the light at the end of the tunnel the grass is greener um after this so we're definitely appreciating this time
0: yeah well, that brought to mind, um, I think last time we talked, you talked about how it's important to know your why, and that's something that you talk with people. So, sure. Absolutely. Um, and I think you gave the example of somebody that came to you wanting credit repair, um, and I don't want to steal the story, and it was just saying, yeah <laughs> to get like a second or third car, and then you dug deeper. Do you remember the story I'm talking yes, about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always try to go at least three levels deep. I love yeah. that. Thank you for reminding me of that. Well, I'll try to go three levels deep because we believe that um, our decisions should be governed by our why. And some, I'm realizing that there are some families that don't have a vision as big. Their vision just goes to next month, you know. And so what we do, we dig deep and help them paint a bigger picture. A family wanted to move to the other side of town um, just to get another house. Let's just say, for example, uh, for lack of a better explanation, let's talk about they tried to move from Lakewood to Spanaway right? Or, you know, other side of Puyallup. And 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 as I begin to ask them questions, they began to realize that not only did they want to get out of the apartment, but into a home, they also wanted a backyard for their kids to play in. Mm. They also wanted to be in a zone where the school district was a little better for them for their kids to have opportunity. Not only that, they're going to be closer to the job that her husband works at. So now we're saving on gas so now it it, it actually helps with the entire welfare and well-being of the family because now they thought they just wanted to be first-time homeowners but they had no idea how that was going to impact every area of their life so now you don't Mm -hmm. want just good credit you want a better zip code you want a bigger yard you want a closer place for your because when a when a spouse can drive can cut their drive time down from 45 minutes to 15 minutes over a week's time, we're looking at about five hours more,
0: yeah.
1: right, back to the family. And now it it just it's just a good thing where you can now hear a family say they're sitting in a bigger kitchen at the kitchen table enjoying meals from they're going from a place where they didn't have a kitchen table. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. That 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 right there does my heart so good to the yeah. point where, you know, there are times, uh, John, where a family would come in and I'll say, you know what? If, if this spouse enroll, we're gonna do that spouse for free, hmm. because the vision we're able to relate to it, and we want them to get to their end goal just as bad as we, you know, they want to, and yeah. that's the goal.
0: Yeah, well, and it, Whether it's you know your health goals, or you know you need to eat better, or you want to work out more, or you're trying to get your finances in order, right? It's um, we're so programmed to think about all the things we have to give up, and it's like you're saying, is impl- implant the vision. You know, get to your why so that way you're saying, yeah, I may be giving these up, but this is what I'm gaining, right?
1: You know, yes. what do you buy
0: long term? So
1: I love yeah. that. There's a scripture I think in the Bible that talks about without a vision the people perish. Yep, yep. And so I just think that every family I'm gonna write this down. I think every family should have vision. Yeah. Every family should have vision because it's going to it is it, it helps with client retention too, John. Yeah. The reason being because if that family comes with a vision, then yeah. they understand that your service is is not a nice to have it's a must
0: have yeah yeah well and i'm thinking too you know i mean our our oldest just turned 18 so she's preparing for that next test of adulthood right so and and we're seeing whether our parenting strategy worked but uh that same thing is trying to um implant the vision you know like the decisions you make now and, and moving forward need to be in alignment with the overall vision of what you're trying to accomplish and who you want to be so um you know the the other part of that like you said if you're exampling that as a parent then you know that's spreading out to your kids and people in your community and people around you that you want to inspire so um man well absolutely I want to be mindful of your time i, I thank you for sharing and, and I appreciate you man we'll have to uh we'll have to do a follow-up so um but uh thank you for sharing your story and i i, I hope people will uh will link to uh platoon 720 uh business and credit solutions in all of the uh things that we post and those kinds of things and i'll keep up goes up so
1: absolutely
0: hey thank you john god bless you man and appreciate the opportunity all right man take care we'll see you hopefully we'll see you in person sometime soon
1: (laughs) absolutely i sure hope so man appreciate you be easy out there take be safe all right thanks man
0: than three things that Trilsky um, uh, shared, but um, he brought up, you know, whether it's for you personally or for your business, you have a dream but you don't have a strategy. Um, and it's crazy, think about how many things he's shared that are just simple tweaks, right? You know, um, simple things that you can do and that's what we tried to ask, you know, what if somebody had a little bit of extra money, what would be some practical things that they could do? And uh, even Corbett mentioned, you know, um, I know that that recording's a little bit grainy, but there's so much good stuff that they dropped in there. But uh, he was talking about. You know people in construction our industry you know you get those peaks in the summer you get extra hours overtime maybe some prevailing wage and you want to the impulse is to get the nicest truck or you know a, spend it all on tools and while tools do help you make more money you've got to have a strategy for how you're doing that and um <clears throat> you know making sure you're setting outside some money for the slower season or the times when you're not going to have as much coming in and so um uh, what else that you shared about the factors of a credit score, some real simple tips there, pay down and scale up, um, how you f- manage your personal finances is going to play over into how you manage your business finances, and then <laughs> what talked about, you know, treat your business like it's another baby, right, you know. What a beautiful child, prominent forehead, short arms, tiny nose. You will lead millions. And, um... You got to take care of it and treat it as a separate entity and not, you know, too often we merge those entities and cause problems for ourselves and for our businesses by not allowing it to be its own entity and survive on its own and commingling those finances. That's real tough to do when you're starting out a business, but, um, you know, it's, it's a habit that you have to develop. So as far as a mention of an article, I want to go back in the vault and this is probably right about the time I started um, with Michelle Blevins encouragement and, and my friend Greg um, added videos to supplement the content I was writing in the articles. Believe it or not, I'm much more comfortable writing than I ever am making videos and those kinds of things. but. Um, I've got the face for radio. <laughs> Not even that. Um, but uh, the title of the video, if you go back in our YouTubes in the deep vault um, and say, if you if you send me on Instagram a video of you watching the video or mentioning the video or something like do something, um, I will send you a free signed copy of our new book, Be Intentional Estimating. But the five phases of business startup, maybe tag somebody that, that is uh, starting a business and, and could use some help. Um, the five phases of business startup and I relate it to, uh, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, those kinds of things, and how you upscale, um, your approach to c- customers and clients. Six dollars. It's like a dollar an hour. And it was also an article in Restoration and Remediation magazine, How to Start Your Restoration Company with Pennies. With video. (laughs) Not Corona. Um, So, anyways, yeah, I think the article was written or released, published October 27, 2019. It looks like the video came out September of 2019, something like that. So I think I made the video after I wrote the article, but uh, there you go. For upcoming episodes, we've got some great guests from Step Up to Success that talk about, you know, some of the mindsets and creating a culture that allows everybody to succeed and some of those people in your culture that may need some additional assistance or support, you know, to be able to achieve that, um, which I think relates a lot to working with younger generations and those kinds of things. Um, Uh, Had to reschedule with Idan from 911 Restoration. Um, I've got his book here, Get Out of the Truck. So I'm excited to talk to him about, you know, pursuing the American dream and how they built and scaled that company rather quickly. Um, Got another local insurance rep that's talking about uh, just a real unique um, how uh, compensation structure that he has with his employer. And then also how important it is to be able to bring your whole self to work and, and creating that culture in your own workplace and, and what you can, the benefits you can reap from that. So those are some of the ones coming up most immediately. But uh, thank you for listening. Hope you have enjoyed that we've reached that informing and entertaining the infotainment, the Ojo podcast, helping you shorten your dang learning curve for professional development. Thank you.
2: This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.